I know that you had the pleasure of working on a lot of different projects and a lot of studios, including this one. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about this later, but um, before we kind of go into the production itself, can you tell us a little bit about um, kind of your journey and your career? Because you were, you come from a family of artists. You had this incredible education. You worked in, uh, you studied in Sofia, like in a lot of schools. You studied in Spain. You now work in UK. It would be interesting to kind of hear about your journey because you're like classically trained and it would be interesting to kind of learn how you got from from that kind of traditional clay and paints and all that into like a more more modern kind of way people are doing uh, sculpture today. Sure, yeah. I mean, my my journey was basically I grew up being exactly classically trained and uh What's interesting, what I find interesting the most from all this is like there are many people trained classically or, or not. It's not the most important. It's about how self-driven you are and uh, how curious you, you are from um, about all that we do. And, and, you know, to be fascinated by uh, the films and games and all these beautifully crafted, uh, in a way, uh, masterpieces at the end um, but what was interesting with me is that and I always find a bit um, bit funny um, until it wasn't so funny and then again it, it started being one and, and I mean for me uh, gr- growing up it was it wasn't much of a choice at first it was more like okay we are like uh, um, parents artists and that's what you will do and I was five years old, six years old. And then I remember I had to do these sketches of my grandma and my grandpa. And um, I didn't have the choice uh, much of it. You know, I had to, then I presented this, you know, I've been given this anatomical book of uh, Gottfried Bames, which I highly recommend. And I had to copy those um those uh, joints of knee and elbows and I couldn't really even understand why I have to do that but eventually it paid off uh, but I've been saying this also to my uh, some of my like patrons and, and students that I've had the pleasure to like have increasing um, kind of numbers but in a way I, I told them like sometimes copying something even if it's an anatomical book it's not actually rewarding in any way because you're copying and you're looking at the image to look the same but what you need to do is not actually trace and copy but you need to understand why are you why this joint where it connects the muscle where it's the the insertion point and the origin and what drives and when it's going to be flexed and all that it's all also almost as a simple map for example, the anatomy. But back then when I was a kid, I didn't understand why, but I had to do it and draw these hands, etc. So I think eventually it paid off. But for me as a journey, it was um, it was given. I was given the path and then I went to high school at some point of fine arts because I've been told again that, um, you know, high school of fine arts, that's what they did. That's what I'm going to do. We are a bit more of a conservative, you know, country um, coming from Bulgaria and uh, 
that's how, at least in my family, things were done. But of course, then I went to, you know, I started to realize that, okay, I am actually getting good at it and I've been told I'm doing fine, you know, like rewards and uh, actually not reward, uh, awards and all kind of contests, um, winning those, uh, again, made me realize like, okay, you know, it's getting more and more like fruitful. So went to Academy of Fine Arts and then it was when I actually realized I cannot do anything else. So what's the continuation? And the natural continuation was um, because I saw the difference between like um, artists being very established in the society and then reverse angle when um, the entire uh, capitalism came and change of system in Bulgaria, etc. And new people became the you know, the kind of high profile in society and then all the poets and actors and uh, artists, they kind of like just reverse roles. So in a way, at some point for decades, my, um, you know, we weren't the most healthy, um, wealthy one. And uh, before this, you knew it was completely different. So for me, it wasn't very easy to, continue and I didn't know what to do like uh, what it's going to bring the food on the table and what should I do like depending on galleries and search this so for me the normal modern in a way continuation was when I discovered honestly uh, ZBrush and the digital sculpting and this led to okay I can do that there is like plenty of plenty of work and plenty of other artists that you start you know, admiring and getting to know each other. And then I remember uh, just started in a small company in Bulgaria. And, and from there I knew I want to go and work on big films and big games and apply to London, came and started here. And then I got very lucky to work on very, very big projects, which uh, kind of um, escalated very quickly this entire uh, progression, I would say. Uh, career progression and from there you know I realized even though I didn't know technically the things it was very interesting because I was you know recruiters and, and, and leads and people in the industry they know why exactly they would hire you so even if you shouldn't worry too much you're hired there for a reason uh, for me in this case was mostly because of my uh, sculpting skills and exactly classical background so it suddenly paid off very quickly so I uh, started living and working in London and that's where I am yeah so you had an opportunity to work for like Blur a bunch of other big companies um, and, and, and you mentioned that you you had uh, you were very lucky to kind of work on like those big um, IPs big titles um, can you tell us a little bit about how is this experience overall? I know that there is a lot of readers who might not have this experience. They may be doing something still in school or they're working in smaller studios. They want to understand, like, what do they, what do they expect, right? Because there's, like, um, how do people approach you? Like, what do you actually do? do you, what's your, how much of an influence do you have on, like, the final thing? Um, 
tell us a little bit more about how does the how how did you, how did your journey go? Like how did you go from like you know building something for yourself and then suddenly working on big films? Yeah, so this was um it's it's a very good point and it's an interesting question. It's it's a very broad question uh because there is a lot of um you know there are many ways to get to the tempo in a way. So for me, how it worked is um, I was working in this small studio, but the time there and um, I just wanted some experience and getting to know a little bit more about the software, but I was constantly working on my portfolio. And as soon as I noticed that actually the work in a way, nine to five is taking a little more from my time. I remember that I resigned and I went back to the studio and I worked on my portfolio because I knew I had to, in a way, um, accelerate my portfolio and accelerate my progress so that I can go in a different direction and to have only... So it's important for the readers or whoever listens this to really to focus on what what you want to get is what you do and what you put in your portfolio. Because if you do something quite well and uh, you actually want to do something else, you'll be hired for what you are showing and what's more like a representative of a good skill. They will call you for this. So if you want to do characters, don't do amazingly done props or environment because other, if, if your character is not strong enough, you will, be hired for environment and then you will start working on this then you will have less time to continue your portfolio in the direction that you want to go for and suddenly after a few years you will realize well i'm not at the level that i want to be so with me it was going back to the studio working my ass off and uh, then applying to mpc uh, moving picture company and i had the chance to uh, actually with my arrival here in london i didn't know the project so they suddenly assigned me to do the main hero character of Batman and Superman, which was, I was totally inexperienced, but that's how NPC does. They just throw you directly in the deep end and uh, you need to kind of uh, put your stuff together and, and survive. Uh, by survive, I mean, it's very challenging. It's very exciting, but it, there is a lot of uh, responsibility, of course, so for everyone that wants to do hero creatures, etc., and uh, characters, it is very exciting. But of course, um, there will be many people involved. Don't expect that you're the one driving the, um, the train. <laughs> there is a concept art and everything in film is a lot more structured. And you're doing only one little chunk, but be sure that you're good at it. Because they're, like the competition is furious so that's how it happened with me then i moved to another film another big character then ilm um jurassic world um, we had an amazing team there um, and in every company you learn a little bit about the pipeline about what the other artists do um, you learn a lot by working with those talents and of course more exciting shows um, they progress in a way because obviously if you're doing well so after jurassic world i worked on the hellboy reboot and from there actually we um i started working also and picking up more of a freelance work 
um, a bit more gaming, Diablo 2, um, Blur Studios with Love, Death and Robots, and uh, now we're working together again on another unannounced project, which is very, very exciting, and it's going to be, I think it's in early development, so there I'm more of a, you know, when you progress into something, you're becoming less of a um, execution you just do that, but you're starting to have more and more input on the on the design of the character or the just it depends, but yeah, that's how that's how it worked with me really. That's in a nutshell. I think it's a it's a, it's a very good answer. And thank you for kind of touching all the points. I know it's a broad question because you 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 main, mentioned like the portfolio piece and how to get there, but also you kinda of talked a little bit about how you progress like from these tasks and how the teams work and so on. Um, I'm wondering when you were working in companies, you know, like ILM who are like a pi- pioneers of like whatever we see currently on the screen. Um, how does the learning work there? Do you just kind of like go and learn by making mistakes or do you get support from like colleagues and other people in in the teams like is there a competition inside those uh, teams where people are kind of like trying to do a job better than you <laughs> sort of in a way how do you like what should you expect when you go in, 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 in this kind of environment we'll be back after a quick break Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. I think I think you should definitely not get too stressed because that's what I'm. Um, so currently, I'm supervising a lot of the character and creature work, um, and also VFX supervising. So this is when it comes to shots and you just overlook all the departments, which was a natural progression over the last few years. But in a way, um, now that I'm looking from different perspective and I'm also interviewing people and, you know, recruiting people for our company, um, we should not forget that after all, this is what we do because we liked it in the first place, because we are supposed to have fun. So, of course, there will be stressful times. I remember, you know, myself being very stressed and a matter of life and death, and I'm going to stay here for like till 12 a.m., etc., which is a good mentality. You shouldn't be pushed by your lead or reminded that, hey, if you need to stay, let's stay a little longer. You know, you should, at least I've never heard this from my lead. So, of course, to that level, um, you shouldn't relax to like, certain like this extent but after all having fun and definitely you will learn a lot Um, people do help each other even more than what you will expect because I always thought okay everyone wants to to do your character and you know it's kind of a 
furious competition inside, but it's not really like this. At some point, especially for if you're long in a team or even if you're a new incomer, I was very uh, lucky to have uh, been helped by the more senior people and they kind of take you under uh, their wing and, and, and show you, of course, um, you need to be self-driven, you need to push, you need to be curious uh, again about the new ways of doing things, but also stay truthful to, to really to what you're good at. Don't try to get too technical if you are hired to be artistic and the opposite. If you are technical and in a way you don't have the, the eye of being too artistic, don't try to interfere too much. So in a way, keep your lane and, you know, be friendly. Don't lose touch with people. People help. Teams are important, and uh, yeah. And you mentioned in your comment that you did uh, some freelance work for some pretty big titles, like some of the biggest titles in the of the last couple of years. Like you, you worked on Diablo, you worked on uh, Love, Death, and Robots, and you did a couple of characters there. Um, how did this? Um, how did this land on your table? Like. To when, where do you need to be in order for Blizzard to kind of call you and say, "Hey, <laughs> we're doing this legendary game uh, remake, and how about you help us with some character work for that thing that you know millions of people are going to watch?" Like, how do you? What level do you need to be at to get a gig like that? I think I mean the team was really impressive. I was um, I was actually honored to be among those artists because uh, when you look at the names at the end, especially of the freelancers, um, those are pretty just, the, the whole team is pretty impressive. So I think you need to be close to top of the game at the moment um, and your work needs to be really um, up there. Um, so that's how I think I got the call. It was really exciting because I'm a massive fan of, especially Diablo 2, and I grew up with this. And it was a, really, I remember just uh, reading the email and I was, it, I read it like, I think, woke up. It was 4 or 5 a.m. And I just looked at my phone until I fall asleep again. But I read the email and I just stood up and I left the house and I just uh, walked around because, you know, I knew I'm going to, to take it um, just because that's Blizzard and also because of the project as well. Uh, very, very important. So, yeah, I think the anatomy and the way and the style and the art director, Chris, was, uh, you know, um, amazing, amazing art direction, amazing team. Um, we pushed each other and, and really, I think the, the remake and the, the remaster is uh, top notch. Yeah, I, I bought that game. I'm, a, I'm also a massive, uh, massive fan. I really liked it. Um, you, you mentioned one thing there uh, that kind of like the project matters. Do you feel like the project is actually one of the one of the most important parts of kind of attracting talent? Of, of course. If you have a big name, that it's easier to attract the best guys. Yes, uh, but there's a. It's. There's a tricky bit in it. So some companies rely a little too much. I don't want to criticize anyone, but, um, and I'm like, I don't mean companies that I have worked with, but I know that uh, 
some companies rely a little too much on their name. So you will expect that, uh, you know, they will, the payment will be, let's say, the payment will be adequate. But because of their name and because of their reputation, they expect artists to just go there and surrender. But you are an established name and you can't afford. Your time is very valuable. You have personal life, or at least you're trying to have a personal life. And the project really matters. It's not so much about the... And, and that's what I mean by the project matters. Because sometimes for the sake of the project, you can sacrifice a lot of things, but for the sake of the company, I don't think you should because there are other companies, uh, new starters and, and all that, where they have attracted a lot of talent and they're doing an amazing product and um, probably they're willing to, in a way, revo reward the artists um, adequate. And yeah, in a way, that's, that's a, a bit of a, you should, you should value your time. An effort. Yeah, I, I totally understand what you mean. Basically, companies are using their brand name sometimes uh, to kind of lower your willingness to sell, so to speak, right? And then, I mean, everybody does it, like Google, Facebook, you know, Meta, or whatever. They're, they're all kind of like leveraging this in order to get um, the talent, especially like younger people who want to, yeah, who want to have this on their portfolio or, or, or on the LinkedIn or whatever. And it works, but at some point, the more you progress in your career, um, you should start really filtering projects and really something that it will, at least that's what I'm trying to do. I'm really interested to work on, or at least I'm going to have fun. And by having fun, this means the company will extract the maximum um, Yeah you know, out of me because I am enjoying, I am willing to give and uh, that's it. That's, that's what at the moment I'm working on a massive game. Um, it's, um, it's called Arc 2. So there was Arc 1. It's an open world. It's a, such a huge fan base. And now in the Arc 2, we're pushing a lot of the new characters and the new, yeah, characters and dinosaurs and all that. So it's a very well handled because the way we work with the, uh, uh, with Wildcard, which is the name of the company um, that is behind the Arc 1 and now Arc 2, is um, we have, in a way, they are outsourcing to the company that I work with. And um, we have really, when we talk about a creature or when we do a character, it's more about of, um, a teamwork and collaboration rather than you being an external vendor. And this way you are, of course, bringing more to the table. They are open to the ideas and you push more the quality and more. And in a way, I think it's it's really exciting project. So we, we, we touched about, um, we talk a lot about work. So let's talk about tools a little bit as well. So as a, as a classical artist, coming to ZBrush and kind of staying with this tool for years, right? Because that's your main thing. Um, how do you feel about it now? Like what's, what's going on with this uh, technology? Because this is in a way, uh, I mean, I don't know if there are any people who don't know what ZBrush is, but this is basically a unique, unique offering, a unique tool that is available for, for, for people to work with digital clay. 
Um, tell me about how you how you felt kind of like when you first started playing with it, and uh, maybe let, let's start with this. Like, what were your first kind of like impressions, if you can uh, recall? I can I can recall like it was yesterday basically because for me it was incredibly incredibly exciting to be able to um, in a way for me it, it still is but then it led to learning more but anyway it's it's more of a drawing from different angles and eventually you end up with this three-dimensional object which nowadays you can even for me the most exciting is to go back to classical and to uh, 3d print and mold and cast eventually from bronze and something that i am heavily working on or at least trying to steal time and go into that direction a bit more and probably do an exhibition or yeah something like it so ZBrush is giving all that. It's very, um, what I love about it is that the, the feel for now is unmatched in other softwares. Um, the feel and the tools, they are so incredibly artistically friendly at some point after you learn the incredibly weird um, UI, which I love now. But in the beginning might be a bit intimidating. I just remember doing this head and I was like, wow, you know, this is something I can do really well, I guess. And uh, it felt right. It felt very exciting. It didn't put you off. Uh, for example, I've encountered years ago 3D Max uh, and it was uh, something that I was like, oh no, so I'm not going to be able to do 3D. But then I discovered ZBrush and I was like, wait a second, this is like drawing. If you have the artistic skills if you can draw come on you will learn a little more about the software and zbrush does this incredibly well because it feels organic it really feels organic and it's not about the rendering it's not about the retopology that comes after then you learn more and more about texturing look dev etc etc but the more um, interesting for me was the shape, the form, the how you can slice it and you can, you know, scratch it and build and then twist and just incredibly exciting. So ZBrush did that for me and in a way became bread and butter and continuation of my entire career. What, what do you feel about like the, the development of the software and how and where, where they're Pixelogic and, and like now it's Maxon, right? So, where are they taking it now? Like, do, what are the, like the next steps? Because I see a lot of, um, not a lot of, but I see some competition now ramping up, and I see a lot of stuff from Adobe coming, um, which is again, is it's a force to be reckoned with because they, <laughs> when they set their mind into something, they will probably deliver. So, what do you feel like? beta testers on ZBrush and beta testers on Adobe Medium, but I didn't have time to do any of those. So it was very unfortunate because I'm, I feel like flattered and excited to be able to get my hands, especially I remember because I was very familiar with, with ZBrush. So uh, the guys are awesome. And, you know, recently I had this talk on, on ZBrush Summit. So we started to, to know each other and... Um, yeah, the the team behind ZBrush is always being incredible, and uh, I think they do care a lot about the artists because this is their audience in a way, and also I think 
they're genuinely interested and they've been like proving that over and over again. So this, however, right now, I mean, there is a change of management and all that, but I don't want to get any political in a way. Um, and I'm trying to stay, you know, correct and say the, the right things. Um, but I hope things won't change too much because things were incredibly well for this relationship between artists, community, and, you know, back then Pixologic and ZBrush developers. My request or recommendation would be not to go in direction to, I don't know, bring more tools and make Redshift render, etc. Not that it's a critique, but we, the very experienced people working with ZBrush and other artists that are top names, we have a list of things that needs to get sorted. And trust me, guys, there will be a lot of more appreciation rather than bringing new tools, which are not refined, not developed yet. So you kind of put these on hold and you don't dive in. So stay artistic, fix a few things that we really need and it will be very well. Yeah, I, I, I feel like still this, um, this legacy of being a very artistic tool for ZBrush, it's, it's still going to be there because if you, uh, maybe some people don't know, but their offices is right next to Nobon offices in, in Hollywood and uh, California. So it's like they're, they're communicating with artists like all the times, like not just like virtually like we're doing right now, but also like face to face and they can go around and see how the tools are used. It's like, I really like the company and I feel like the, they, they have a lot of potential, right? So there's like, even, even after all those years, it's still number one tool. Like, like they, they, they don't do any advertising. <laughs> so from, from a point of a publisher, I can, I, I can, I'm, I'm kind of reluctant to say this, but this is just because they don't really have anyone else that competes for this um, for this piece of pie, so I think there's still there's there's still a lot to do, but uh, yeah, we should can wish them good luck and kind of hope they they will do better and kind of like improve and like you said get more stuff done and so on. So I do have one more question connected with tools, and uh, I know you have a very strong uh, opinion on it, but I'm still gonna go there. <clears throat> so imagine. A world where there is no ZBrush, right? And you were just doing, you know, working with clay, working with bronze, and then suddenly ZBrush comes, and it's just like people are suddenly starting paying for things that are not really physical, right? Um, and this is like a big disruption, big technological shift, and so on. Now we have this story with artificial intelligence stuff coming, with Midjourney and all the other tools. I'm not going to mention. And we have this very strong reaction from the artistic community. And there is a num number of arguments. Uh, what do you think this is different? Like, what are the things that AI uh, companies are currently doing that's uh, rubbing artists the wrong way and kind of like making sure that the, the, it, it just doesn't work for them? Like, what are the things that, is, that, that do not work and how can we address them? So, <laughs> yeah, it's a... Uh hot topic, I guess. We couldn't go without it. Um, 
it's not the same what's been happening right now because um, if you're working with clay and you're working with actual charcoal and Photoshop comes in, you still have to move your hand, use your eyes, compare, struggle. And the only easier thing would be you can go back or forth or you can layer things, but if you use a very thin piece of paper, let's say in animation, they've, they've been layering things anyway. Or you use multiple glass and you paint with uh, temper um, or oil and you layer things, let's say Photoshop, right? If you do clay and casting and, um, I mean, machines are coming only to help, but you still need to model it. You still need to use your skill. You still need to develop and progress as a as creativity as a human being you've been challenged and you're using another tool that's fine you can use charcoal you can use pencil but if you're starting to use only words and sit back and someone else does the whole thing for you it's almost like i know it's a very silly example but i'm not even sure why are we so fascinated by it to be fair because it's almost like now to gather my entire family and to go in the kitchen and show them what the microwave does it's it's like i got it i didn't make a fire cook my own like piece of meat or whatever like a lamb um, or something else for the vegans and vegetarians but you know what i mean it's like Okay, it's a microwave, it's supposed to do that, but it's way more fascinating when a human being creates something because it's very personal. So my problem with this is first, it's a mishmash, it's like a mashed, squashed information and digits that create an image. Sure, computer can do it. Why should I be fascinated by it? Why it's just creating a collage of what sees and information that let alone these are images that are copyrighted and belong to other artists and there are hours put behind them and you know tears and, and sweat behind or just a photograph but this photograph has been taken processed uploaded and then this thing just it's it's like um, I was talking to a friend of mine, um, and, and he said it very well. It's um, releasing this thing and also stepping aside and making like just giving it freedom in a way um, is chopping off or ending the path of creativity of humanity. So the human being and the brain in a way it's almost tempted to go into the direction of less effort and to go lazy to to just you know if something can do it for me i'm not gonna do it but this is incredibly incredibly dangerous because here we're talking about as a humanity and species the creativity will be taken away and we will only be reprocessing information that exists. So this search of the soul and uh, going throughout the entire journey and arriving at certain point, even if it's not 
the best, etc. This is a progression that it gives feedback to our soul and to our society and we talk about it and we just I think elevates us as a as a species and at the moment it's 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 incredibly dangerous because something else will do it and we will type words and all the skill uh, will be taken away I mean it's also very 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 demotivating I guess for younger talents and people but yeah it's um I think we should be aware that the tool is there, but also creativity is meant for, for humans. I, I really will th thank you for your answer and, and uh, I thank you for taking this kind of like position where it's not only about copyright, but it's more about kind of like basically human right to do art, sort of, in a way. and. Um, I, uh, so I, I was one of those people where I, I didn't really follow my journey. And then suddenly I went to this group on Facebook somewhere and just started, and they just started spitting uh, new images my way. And I felt like, wow, this is just, this is, this is just incredible. There's like so many different variations. Like they, they did a lot of those where you take a movie and do it in a different style. So they, they do like aliens, but it's anime or like they're doing, Batman, but he's samurai or something, and I feel like okay, it's it's a fun, it's kind of like a fun thing. But then, as I started seeing more and more of it, it, I mean, it, let's face it, it does look very much the same. Like you can kind of tell it apart when 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 it's not. It m might it might imitate the look of a ZBrush render, let's say, right? But it's still you you're still gonna see it because it's just like the repetition and details, and even if my theory is like that even if we come to like better algorithm they're gonna fix the you know six uh, fingers or whatever and uh, all, all those other things it's you will still be able to see that it's really that there's no no person behind it so to speak there's you're not really drawing you're not really putting and in in an industry like film in an industry like games it will never help you achieve commercial success because my my thinking in general is that yes there's like a, a lot of like producing and there's like a lot of commercialization there and uh, people feel like they have this figured out but there's just um, the sheer amount of magic that is happening when you're doing a movie when you're doing a game it's just you have to have people <laughs> there to make those decisions to kind of take this pencil and fix it, right? Because without that, there's like a certain part that's missing that it, it just does not resonate. It just doesn't resonate with, with, with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've been thinking a lot about it. And uh, first of all, I don't want to predict anything because the the way it progresses, it's incredibly fast, right? It's almost like genie out of the the bottle and then, oh, what we're going to do now. But I'm not even so concerned about, I should be probably as many people are, but my point of view is not only about, oh, it will take jobs. It's more about taking out the creativity in general. Um, 
it's more about the real what we call art you know we we call something art because there is a message and a story and certain exaggeration or, or not or a style and and, and someone uh, behind it where this thing is empty it's a collage of things and what is a little bit more of a relieving is that in a way yes they look impressive etc but they look very similar so these all that movie in certain like different scenario or uh, they look almost as a retouched photograph so it's semi realistic but it's not it's of course lacking style what i think is very almost disgusting and super disappointing that it's out there is that i saw even um i don't know which one of those where it was but there was style and names of artists that you want your um yeah. i saw that i wasn't i was kind of like that's uh copyright infringement right there that's like that's that's totally not uh, acceptable yeah this is not right to 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 an extent where i'm you know i i don't know i don't want to be the judge of all this but we need to have a I, I was very happy to see actually the reaction of so many artists and so many artists leaving art station and um again you know, I think someone should say it, but the respond of uh, Art Station was, I mean, your your customers, your your community. Let's not call it customers, but your community. You're hosting all these artists, and suddenly you turn blind blind eye to all of them. It was surprisingly slow responses. Surprisingly, um, you know, in inadequate inadequate. Uh, response and now I see they're taking actions but it's a bit too slow and so many good names left uh, you know I unsubscribed from like yeah anyway I think people are still sorting it out but um, I said the other day to one of my uh, one of our team members because um, he's a bit more concerned about the drawing side and what's going to happen and the design will be taken away from us, etc. Um, so I said, like, honestly, if, you, if, if we step aside and give too much space to this, uh, more people will, in a way, you know, we should not surrender and we should not give up. And what I mean by this is, if your passion is to draw, to sculpt, to do whatever creatively related to this keep doing it because those people that are using ai and they're having fun they will get very quickly bored it wasn't their thing they're not they're not brought up to do that so there was a massive boom of ai images now they are still out there of course but it's a lot less my everything is like settling the dust is settling now so we just need to yeah. keep doing what we're doing what we love because i can't not do sculpture i cannot think of hey this is great as a sculptural idea or you see something you want to bring it to your scene or but the other person is gonna have fun and after seven eight days or five weeks these things will just 
move ahead with their life. And I think it's not going to disappear, of course, but we as artists, we should just move forward and uh, not get too worried. Just keep doing what you're doing passionately. Yeah, thank you. I think this is a very good, inspiring message. On my end, uh, I, I want to say that this is a disruption, right? So this is like a, a, a disruption of a process and uh, these things happen. They, they happen all the time and to like a larger scale and a smaller scale, remember when Amazon launched Kindle, like the when when they launched Kindle, uh, you know, publishers like Harper Collins and everyone else, they were thought like we're going out of business because it's like their their book was cheaper than my book, and I would never be able to compete. But they're still around and they're they're adopting both of those methods and uh, they're doing very well. And on the contrary, like one of the examples from the publishing world is that they say that the physical book it works as advertising for the digital one. So basically you see a book, somebody reading it on, the, you know, on, a, on a subway, and then you look at the cover and you Google it and you, you buy it for you. So it's, you cannot predict maybe this will draw more people into learning how to do art eventually. I don't know. So yeah, we shouldn't be like super pessimistic on overall. And speaking about people uh, wanting to excel and learn art, tell us a little bit about your Patreon, how to get to kind of to learn from you and maybe give some advice for people who want to kind of go into this field. Like where should they start? What should they listen to? And how can they learn? Um, how can they learn? They can learn by observing, drawing, exploring what's the what's out there already. Uh, meaning even like there's nothing, nothing beats nature in a way so studying nature and exploring um, the mechanism behind a lot of things will help you no matter if you do an alien that you haven't seen you need to know uh, the anatomy and the mechanic uh, underneath uh, and what could be potentially um, happening underneath the skin and, and, and everything else then you will learn more and more and you'll talk about design etc etc so um I would say this. Um, also, there is incredible amount and resources out there uh, from YouTube to any other course. And I think very self-driven. And of course, uh, I don't want to advertise myself, but I've recently as well made a Patreon page. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've been... I've been mostly keeping it um, related to anatomy and, and sculpture and uh, character design and uh, character character art mostly, but also a little more leaning to what I think my stronger side is, and this is more more artistic. Uh, we talk about life, about art, about what makes sculpture sculpture, and what makes a good pose right for you know for a finished piece and uh, how we mold and cast and um, the anatomy, um, all that, of course. So if you want to visit, uh, feel free to search and, and go there. But of course, uh, it's not only about, about me. There are so many talents and our industry is super, super exciting. So just always be curious, um, compete, but still don't forget that this whole thing is 
art related so we should have fun what would you show her like what what's a good movie that you can use as a as a conversion to uh for people who want to get into like animation in terms of like modern cgi stuff something convincing then um why she should like it well um probably the one that comes on top of my head is like films that definitely especially if you want to convince someone why this is good etc you shouldn't be leaning only um on the visuals the storytelling for me it's very important so should be the driving like basically the most important thing and the complementary are the visuals where they shouldn't be too distracting or they shouldn't take over so a good film that has plenty of visuals of course but they are done incredibly well and also the story and the music and the entire atmosphere is probably interstellar um comes as a something that when, when i watched and and then i uh, i left the cinema you didn't think about the visuals you didn't think about um anything else more than the story the the message and the really it was very um impactful in a way so i felt i remember quite insignificant where we are and what's happening with the time and so this is a good example of you know film done incredibly well i think it was done by dineg so they lean towards that when i'm thinking about this question is like the one i like a lot is the the recent spider-man like remember this the spider-man multiverse or something how, how it's called where it had like this amazing art style and i remember i took my wife actually to the, to see that film and she was like really really impressed and for me that film was was i didn't really understand how they had so much courage to kind of create this movie where there was like so the the, the art style is so different it's very comic like and there's like when you knock there is like this pow uh, moment on the and everything That was like a very interesting one. And uh, p- probably like the, the Love, Death and Robots is probably also an, a, another big one. I know it's like it's a, it's a very quirky, um, kind of like more like heavy metal uh, collection of, of uh, films. But I, I still really enjoyed it and I felt like it was, again, a very bold move kind of like in that, in that industry. And Juan, thank you so much for your time. I think it was an amazing conversation. We touched on so many topics. We will leave the links in the description to the video and you can just Google uh, Ron's name and um, I'm sure it'll kind of come up. Thank you. All the best wishes, good luck, and I hope we'll talk sometime in the future. Yes, thank you so much for inviting me, having me. It was a great uh, pleasure to yeah, sit down and chat. Thanks for enjoying another episode of the 80 Level Roundtable podcast. Check out upcoming episodes on the 80 Level website at 80.lv. Join our career site at 80.lv slash RFP. And share our podcast with friends and on your social networks.